Hey, good to see you here. You are currently listening to Inspire Church Metro Manila. We are one church in multiple locations, and we exist to inspire people to fulfill their God-given potential. We are so glad that you're tuning in right now. Welcome home. Learn more about us by visiting inspiremetro.live. Lean in and enjoy. We've been going through a series called The Good Shepherd. We've been reading Psalm 23. When I was doing this study, Psalm 23 is known as one of the most or greatest scripture or most read scripture during a, during a funeral. But this is not a scripture that is meant to be at the end of our life. This is a scripture meant to be said during the daily life. Because the principles of his word reminding us that he's a good shepherd. If we only knew how powerful that is. Man, every single day would be powerful. Somebody say amen, right? Amen. I love how my wife is here. She's right in front of me. Right. My daughter, when we left, uh, after I came from 11.30, we, we go back home. My daughter's like, preach fast, okay? I want you to come home, right? <laughs> so I'm going to be preaching fast, Psalm 23. <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lives here. <laughs> it says here. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. And he renews my strength. And he guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. I love that he guides us. Even when I walk, this is one of the most familiar ones. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, Listen to this. I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. I realize this, that sheep, at times, they can't protect their ears. Because their hands are down here, right? They can't be like this. Like they can't. Or like a dog, they can't do that. And there are times where there are bugs that enter a sheep's ears to the point where they will get so annoyed, they will start bumping their head against anything. They will bump their head against a rock. They will bump against the ground to the point where they would hurt themselves. But the shepherd would place oil in their ears to protect their ears from any, anything that would annoy them, any bug that will fly in. God's in the details, church. It says here, that my cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. And that is the word of the Lord. Somebody say amen. Today I want to talk to you about confidence. Does anybody here want confidence? I mean, I, I think it's a daily prayer. Lord, help me be confident. Help me be confident in my decisions. Help me be confident in my workplace. Help me be confident in my family, in my relationship. Nobody prays, Lord, help me be more insecure. <laughs> we want to be confident. See, the definition of confidence is this, feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something. A state of feeling certain about the truth of something. In other words, it is having confidence in something or someone. 
That's the world definition. But can I tell you, don't place confidence in something. Because that's shaky ground. Yes, place confidence on someone. But that someone needs to be Jesus. Proverbs 14, 26 says, The fear of God builds up confidence. Listen to this. I just got this while I was reading it earlier. The fear of God builds up confidence. Look what he says. So he tells you the fear of God or, or the honor of God or, or understanding God's authority. That fear of God builds up your confidence. But look where he goes. And makes a world safe for your children. Confidence doesn't just belong to you. It creates opportunities and safety to the world around you. I mean, that's a different sermon on its own. But in a world of uncertainties and in a world of unmet expectations, how do we hold on to confidence? How do we hold on to real confidence? Not self-made confidence. Not just, oh, hey, positive thinking, positive thinking. But how do we stand on confidence that is God-made? When the world is shaking, how do we make sure we stand on the only thing that does not shake? Come on now. And that's my prayer today, that we find the key to confidence. Would you pray with me? Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for this, this house, Lord. Though we may not be in our building yet, Lord, as it's being constructed, we thank you that we are still in your house because we are in your presence. Lord, I pray for your anointing to fall upon it, Lord. That at a time where people are saying, well, it's pandemic and it's this and, you know, expect the worst. Lord, we expect the best because you are with us still, Lord God. And I pray right now, Lord, we thank you that there is no accident. So I pray that you help me preach words that I've never said yet, Lord. And you allow us to hear your word, Father. Lord, allow us to honor you. We love you. <laughs> we thank you. So, Lord, have your way. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen, amen, amen. Come on, air five somebody. Spray them with alcohol. <laughs> I love this. So good, so good. Somebody say confidence. I'm going to give you a story. When I first, me and my wife, when we first moved here, there was a time where I did not have confidence on how to get around. Come on now, right? I, by the way, I never have confidence when I do the swab test before Sunday. Like the, this morning when I came and the doctor, Dr. Mian, put the, the thing in my nose. But I just wanted to let you know that I'm preaching without a mask. Why? Because I am negative. Amen? So every Sunday we do that. Yeah, it's so cool. My wife's like, you better do that. <laughs> but I remember when we first moved here. When we first moved here, we didn't have a car. We didn't have anything. But we had to go with places, right? We had meetings. We met people. We went around. And so this is what I did. I wanted to, I want to immerse myself into my new culture, right? Even though I'm Filipino, I was born and raised in L.A. And so people told me to get around. You got to commute. Let's go, right? I even I asked, well, how do I say it, right? How much money, you know what I mean? Like always, right? And, and, and so I, I learned to take the jeepney from my house, right? Pasuyo, right? Bayad po. Come on now. Let's go. Right? I'm good. I'm good. I would commute to our office in Tomas Morato every single day, pretty much. Right? I would have my backpack. I would have my computer. I would have everything, you know. Yeah, everything. I would just, boom, let's go, right? I'm a Filipino. Let's go. I would just go for it. And then one time somebody told me, do you, do you, you commute? 
I go, oh, yeah, I commute. And like, don't you get scared? And I was like, no, I don't get scared. You might get robbed. You bring your, you bring your laptop with you, right? right? And I was like, yeah. But I'm telling you, I was not afraid until they told me that. And then now I'm, I'm sitting in the jeepney and I'm holding my bow. I'm like, oh my God. Like, like a little tighter, right? A little close. But I remember specifically, I don't remember which route I was on, but I remember I was sitting in the jeep and I usually sit in the back, right? The one, two, three area, you know? You're familiar with that. Somebody taught me that. One, two, three, right? If you don't have pamasahe, one, two, three, jump. Let's go. But we don't do that, right? We don't do that. We represent Jesus. We give 1,000 pesos. And we pay for everybody. lahat. <laughs> and I remember where I was sitting in the back and I was sitting there and I was a little nervous, but fear was not, you know, it wasn't prominent yet. Yet. <laughs> and there was a time where there was a guy sitting in front of me. And usually when someone is sitting in front of you, you don't stare at them. You don't even look at them. You, there's no, it's weird, right? If you're sitting right in front and you'd be like, what's that? Right? Weird. But for some reason, I looked up and I noticed this gentleman, he was sitting in front of me and he was, he was holding on to an ice pick. Yeah, that's exactly, like in my mind, I went, oh. And I looked up, I saw the ice pick, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do, right? I didn't look to his face, but in my imagination, I saw him with an evil scowl, right? Like, <laughs> But I don't know if he was happy or what was he doing. I just saw the ice pick and I knew, oh my gosh, everybody told me it's dangerous. I better get out of here, right? And so what did I do? One, two, three, para po, jump, right? I, I got out. I, I, I didn't want to deal with it. But I'm going to let you know from that day on, my confidence was robbed. Like that gentleman did not do anything to me, but now I was afraid what can happen. Isn't it so funny? Most of the time we get afraid with what can happen, not what did happen. Like, let's be real. I don't know. He did not rob me. I don't know if this gentleman just had an ice pick because he's a professional ice picker. Right? He's just going to work. Right? That's his tool of trade. Right? I don't know if he was very happy. I don't know if he was scared of me. That's why he was holding on to it, right? But all I know is I assumed that this guy was going to hurt me. And so I left. And I honestly, I was afraid to take a jeepney from that day on. See, I bring this up because we got to understand that every single day you are attacked. Come on now. With an assumption or even with a real attack on your confidence. You got to understand this. Every single day, there's an attack on your confidence. There's an attack on your security. Come on, right? Have you ever realized one day you could be so secure and then the next day you're not? You could be so sure of yourself. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Amen. You amen yourself. But I want to let you know that our confidence is attacked. If you don't know, you are in a war. You are in a war. The Bible says that we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against the principalities of this world. We fight against the enemy. We fight against Satan. And he's been doing this from day one. Please understand. You are mage. In, mage. <laughs> you are made in the image. Combine that. You are mage. <laughs> you are made in the image of God. You represent God. And of course, the enemy hates that you represent God. So he would like to steal anything from you. He would like to rob you of anything. Especially your confidence if your confidence is based on God. 
look what he did in Genesis chapter 3. And these are signs of an attack of, the, of confidence. I want to give you some signs. And then we're going to jump back to Psalm 23. And these signs might match you. These symptoms might match you. Look, I, I, I'm not here to tell you, Hoy, wala kang confidence. Because confidence is not really able to be seen. You know what I mean? Like the world will be like, Oh, God, I've been confident yung lalaki yun, no? <laughs> but, I don't know. <laughs> yung mga confident, no? God, I'm confident, oh. But a lot of times, the people that show a physical manifestation of confidence can be the most insecure person. Sometimes the most quiet person can be the most confident person. Like it's really up to you to ch- ask yourself, am I confident in God? So I'm going to give you some signs and you check yourself, right? Because the doctor doesn't look at you and say, hey, grabe, my problema ka talaga. <laughs> Thank God you came to the doctor. Because I know exactly what's wrong with you. No, he asks you, what do you feel? What are some symptoms? What are some signs? And then you begin to tell him, oh yeah, this is what I have. This is what I got. And they put it together. Here's some signs of you being attacked with your confidence. The first one, it says here, that the serpent, I was going to say sharpened. (laughs) The serpent was the shrewdest or slickest or, or slyest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, look at this, he asked the woman, did God really say? First of all, if, the, if a serpent talks to me, I'm, I'm going to ignore it, I'm going to walk away. But this serpent talks to me, did God, really, <laughs> did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any trees of the garden? Did God really say you must not eat the fruit of any trees in the garden? What is he, what's, what's the serpent doing? Automatically, please understand the context of what's going on is Adam and Eve have full reign in the Garden of Eden. Like they are literally representing ambassadors of God. That they go around, they're naming things, they're saying, oh, what, what, uh, dog, mango, right? They're, they literally have the freedom to start naming, naming where they're at. The Garden of Eden was not a small garden. The Garden of Eden was not just like about this, this square meters. The Garden of Eden was like the size of Metro Manila. If you read the scripture and the descriptions of the river and the mountains, it was huge. And God said, yes, you could have, you could eat, you could, you could be my representation, my representative. And all of a sudden, this angel, this angel, yes, fallen angel, the serpent says, did God really say? See, your confidence begins to be attacked when all of a sudden you begin to doubt. Did God really say? Please understand, if you hear that phrase, did God really say? Please know there's an attack happening. Did God really say that he's my healer? Did God really say that he's my provider? Did God really say, because what the enemy would love to do is ruin the character of God. If God says he's my provider, I'm going to start doubting. I'm not doubting that he's my provider. What he's trying trying to do is make me doubt his character. And once I doubt God's character, then I doubt God's existence. He starts with, did God really say? And he'll end up, is God really real? Then he goes on and he says, of course we may eat the fruit of the trees in the garden. The woman replied, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. Look, God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You're attacked. 
Your confidence is being attacked when not only doubt, but when there's confusion. Have you ever been confused? Yeah. Like, have you ever been confused of, of, of the direction of God? Yeah. I have. Confusion is so easy because it makes you stuck. Here all of a sudden she says, yeah, God said don't eat it and don't touch it. If you read scripture, God never said don't touch it. But all of a sudden there becomes this false religious act of not just eating but touching. And that's human nature. God gave us ten commandments, yet the, the people of God said, we, we got to create more commandments so that we don't touch the, we don't break the ten commandments. There were hundreds of commandments, not because God gave them, but because they made it themselves. There becomes a confusion of God. And he goes, no, 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 look at what the serpent says. No, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman, God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. What is this attack? This is an attack on comparison. When you begin to compare, have you, oh, come on now. Our confidence can be easily lost when we begin to compare. Right? They had everything. They have hundreds and thousands of things to eat, to see, to explore, to name, to, to walk with God. But now they are looking at the only thing that they can't touch. And all of a sudden you'll be like, wait, 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 wait. I have it all, but I want that. I want what I don't have. That's why the Bible says don't covet. Because coveting is literally saying, hey, you have what you need, the Bible says, in the, as the good shepherd. But coveting is saying, huh, I know I have everything I need, but I want that. Because I want it, I need it. Am I describing anybody? That's why you were invited. <laughs> this is the word of God it's speaking to me, it's speaking to me. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted that wisdom it would give her. She took some of the fruit and ate it. <laughs> she, Adam and Eve, literally walk with God daily. Daily. Jesus is there. The word of God. The creator of heaven and earth. You want wisdom? Talk to God. They are literally walking with God. Hey, God, God, right? They are with them, yet now she wants wisdom from the tree she's not allowed to eat. I realized this. One of the, one, another attack on your confidence is a little, you have little appreciation. Like literally, like, you're like oh, I, I know, but I want this. Instead of being thankful with what you have, now you want something else because you think it's going to benefit you. I'm speaking to myself. Like there's so many times where I forget that I am blessed. You got to know you're blessed. Tell somebody next to you, you're blessed. And when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. Look at this. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. And the Lord God called to the man, hey, where are you? One of the last attacks of the enemy and on your confidence is you begin to avoid social settings. Like, they were always hanging out. They were always walking with God. They were always with God. And now all of a sudden, because of what happened, they begin to hide. You ever hide? It's so weird hiding. 
Because a lot of times you are the one that hides. Like I hide. But then something happens and now I blame people for not coming to me. <laughs> it's so weird. So what do we do though? I know I'm joking, but let's be real. This is not a light matter. Because confidence is needed. And when the enemy comes and tries to steal our confidence, it gets us stuck, it gets us shaking, it gets us confused, it gets us doubting, it gets us comparing. And it's a horrible place to be. I want confidence. Does anybody want confidence? Thank God for Jesus being the good shepherd. But confidence is very important to the way we live our life. So when we look at this and it says, no, even though you walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close, listen to me, close beside me. If you want confidence and you want the key to confidence, number one, write this down. We must stay near as a whisper. How close do you need to be to hear a whisper? How close? You got to be real close. Renz, would you stand up? Come to me. Anak. If I'm whispering, there are many times where God speaks in a whisper because He wants proximity with you. You gotta understand there's a difference between proximity and a LDR, a long distance relationship. I love long distance relationships, there's nothing wrong with them. But in a long-distance relationship, it is only specific times that you get to go together. Special times. There are times where you look at each other in the screen, but it's never the same. It's personal, but it's not that personal. But there are times where we can go to God, where we just have a long-distance relationship with God on a Sunday. It's a special moment on a Sunday. But on a Monday, we FaceTime lang tayo. Pero most of the time, choppy siya. But we got to stay as close as a whisper. How close should I be? Biblically, there's a boundary. There's a boundary that we need to stay in to make sure we are close as a whisper. It is not just some, you know, made up thing. Okay, what's a whisper? No, there's a boundary that God wants us to stay in so that we know we are staying close to Him. The Bible says in Psalm 16:6, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. In other words, there are boundaries, but we got to make sure we stay in the boundary. I'm going to show you a boundary of how to, how to make sure you know the will of God. You ready for this? Okay, okay. Uh, Pao, would you come up over, over, over here? Maybell, would you come up over here? Let me give you some examples. I'm going to give you the boundary lines. You ready for the boundary lines? The first boundary line that you got to make sure that you have in your life, of course, is God. Oh. Bible says in Psalm 73, 24, you guide me with your counsel, leading me to glorious destiny. God guides you and God leads you. Many of us know that. That's why you pray to God. <laughs> But there are times where you say, Oh God, okay God, I'm praying and I, I think I heard Him. 
But how many times that you heard him, but then you realize, oh, maybe I didn't hear him. Or how many times did I really hear from God? But thank God there's a boundary line. Because the next boundary line, of course, is the word of God. The Bible says in Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So not only do I pray to God, I have his word to guide me, right? But there are times where I might look at things and I might read the word and I might read it out of context. And I might pray, but I won't know because these are my only boundary lines. But there comes a complete boundary line that I must stay in, which is Mabel. Mabel, stay over here, where it says in Proverbs 11, 14, without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is safety in having many advisors. So it's not only God, it's not only the Word of God, I need to have godly counsel. So when this begins to move, may, may you walk down and you follow. I must stay in the boundary lines. I must stay in between. Look at this, stop, stop, stop. Because if not, if I only follow this and this, I might be going against God. Listen, I might say, oh my gosh, I read the Word of God. And out of context, I think, the word of God said, she's the one. Then I'll tell my friends, I've been praying. I think she's the one. Oh, man. But then when I go to God, God says, how could she be the one? She doesn't even know the one. It doesn't even have to be a relationship. It could be a business thing where I'm finding scripture to help my business. Right? And I'm finding people to help my business, but I am not following God's will. That makes sense. Or I could be talking to God and I could be reading this word and I'm, I, I begin to connect the dots that were never there. But if I have godly counsel, they can tell me, hey, you are reading out of context. That's not what the word of God says. Does that, does that help? So as they move, I stay close. But if I begin to drift and only focus on one, remember, with the boundaries, then I'm going to get lost. Come on, let's thank them for, for their illustration. Second one is this, where he goes on and he says, hey, look, your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. He says, for you are close beside. The second thing is this, you got to know your backing. You got to know your backing. If you're an entrepreneur or a new business person or a startup company, there's something called your backing. You got a financial backing. You got investors helping you out, right? I, 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 I really like business and I really like um, all of that. And I listen to this podcast called Startup that talks about these new companies moving forward. I'm going to let you know, when there are top investors following them or helping them or investing in them, they are super encouraged. They are confident. Because they have experience behind them, they've got funding behind them, and they begin to take risks like they would never do by themselves. But I need you to understand that you have the greatest funding behind you. You have God the Father that tells you in Matthew 6, 8 that He knows exactly what you need. Listen to this even before you ask Him. So pray like this, our Father. Pray like that, our Father. You don't got to be, Lord, Heavenly Father, reigning up into the glorious. No. That's not how I talk to my dad. You know how I talk to my dad? Dad, Dad, my daughter, Dad, what are you doing? Dad, come home. Reach faster. 
You don't only have God the Father, you have God the, the, the Son, Jesus. And he says, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You got to back it. You don't got to figure it out. sure. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. And you also have the Holy Spirit. John 14, 26, but the advocate, the helper, the counselor, the guide, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything. Remind you of everything. The last one is this. Scripture goes on and says, Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. Surely it's going to pursue me. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. The last one, which is the key to confidence, is you got to make sure you let God loose. Let Him loose. Let me hear you say, let God loose. Let me give you an incomplete illustration. We have a dog, and he stays in the kitchen. He's a Bisayan bulldog. Stays in the kitchen. He's not allowed into the hallway. He's not allowed into the bathroom. He's not allowed into the bedrooms. We have a gate. And every time we go into the bedroom and we go into the hallway, he stays by the gate. And my Bisayan bulldog named Theo, which means gift of God, literally just stares at us like he's Like he makes that noise. And he looks at us. And he's there. But once we let him loose, oh my gosh, he, he jumps, he goes in, he tries to put his body scent everywhere, he wants to be in every room, explore everything, just enjoy the presence and the company of us. I told you, this is an incomplete illustration because God's not a dog. But there are times where we isolate him only to certain areas of our lives. God, I want you in the kitchen. Why? Because I need you to nourish me. I need you to feed me. God, I want you in the living room. Why? Because I need you to comfort me. I need you to be beside me. Well, how about me in your bedroom? No, 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 God, that's something different. My purity, don't even talk about that. How about in the office? No, 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 God, my character? No, 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 don't go in there yet. Come on now. But we got to let God in every area of our life because he pursues you allow him to pursue you allow him to pursue you in your doubts allow him to pursue you in your confusion allow him to pursue you in every aspect of your life and here's the last one here's the last one because if you let God loose you will begin to see that he's a good God you gotta let him loose I used to tell this story illustration about a gentleman invites Jesus into him home, to his home. Tells him, hey Jesus, I got the master bedroom for you. I want you to live in the master bedroom. It's a beautiful bedroom. You got your own bathroom, nice bed, jacuzzi. Amazing. He goes, oh, oh, thank you. And all of a sudden somebody knocks on the door. The man goes to the door. Satan. Satan tries to push it all open. This young man is, is trying all of his strength to hold him back. Feels like he's losing the battle. He calls out to Jesus. Jesus comes and says, flee. The devil flees. He says, oh my gosh, thank you God. You're amazing. Let me know if you need anything. Let me know if you're comfortable in that room. It's okay, thank you. Happens again. Next day. Knock on the door. He, he looks. It's the devil. Pushes himself through. Fights in all of this. 
he sees Jesus at the corner of his eyes, calls out to Jesus. Jesus comes, rebukes the devil, the devil flees. I used to tell this story. Why do we just keep Jesus in one room? Why don't we give him the whole room? Give him every room. Give him the door. Give him the living room. Give him all of that. Which makes sense, right? And there's an aspect to that. But I want to show you something more important that I saw when I was studying this scripture. He says this, all the days of my life, he pursues me. Listen to this. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. <laughs> he didn't say, God, live in my house forever. He said, I will live in your house forever. There comes a confidence when you're not inviting God into your house. You are accepting the invitation to stay in God's house. And oh, it's totally different because nothing can come against God. Would you close your eyes and pray with me as I end? Thank you, Lord, that you are great. You are faithful. Lord, for some of us, we've been praying for A. We've been hurt because you never answered. We've listened to the attacks of doubting. We've been comparing. We used to ask why God, but now we ask who God. Maybe there's some of us here there. You're like Adam and Eve, and because of something we did, we started hiding. No longer can we hear the whisper of God. We hear simply the whispers of our fear. Lord, I pray right now would your presence bring peace right now. Holy Spirit, right now bring comfort. Bring us back to you. With every eye closed and every head bowed. I don't know where you're at. I don't know how your confidence is. I don't know your relationship. But you do. Maybe you found yourself far away from the whisper. Or maybe you've only allowed God into a certain area of your life. But God wants a full surrender. He wants your life because He created your life. He knows what's best for you. And so today I want to invite you into a relationship with Him. I'm not talking about religion or this or that. I'm talking about a relationship. Maybe for some of us, you're saying, well, I, I've done so many bad things. We all have. The Bible says that we all fall short. But thank God that He's a God of forgiveness. He's calling your name. He's not going to force it upon you. So if you want to be led by the Good Shepherd, on the count of three, would you just gently raise your hand? I want to pray with you. It's not a magical prayer. This is just simply the start of your journey. Because you don't have to do this alone. That's why God sent His church. So we're here to pray with you, to contend with you, to walk with you. God's been calling you for a very long time. Now is the time to answer. Enter His house. Enter His home of salvation. Enter His home of restoration. On the count of three, if that's you. Would you raise your hand? Ready? One, two, three. Go. Raise your hand now if that's you. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Brave. Courageous. Anybody else? Thank you so much. Okay, church, would you pray with me? 
when we pray out loud, I want you to, as you pray, I want you to hear people praying around you. Because there's a beauty when you realize that yes, it's a personal decision, but you don't have to walk alone. So let's pray. Would you say, Jesus, thank you that you never left me, that you loved me before I loved you. I thank you, Lord, that you know best. So I surrender my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and resurrecting to give me life, to give me forgiveness. Be my good shepherd. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name, we all say, Amen. Come on, give God a praise. Thanks for joining us and for listening to Inspire Church Metro Podcast. Stay in the loop by checking inspiremetro.life.